What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, BJ Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening, and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. I'm your host, BJ Parker, and I appreciate you joining me. And I will have to say that this is probably my favorite episode that I've ever done, and I never say that about anything about anything. And I know that's a huge intro, but I'm sitting in the dungeon of Bryant-Denny Stadium. What is your title, by the way? Uh, Assistant Director of Athletic Fields. Drew Jarcandy. How you doing, my man? Good. How are you? Man, I appreciate you doing this. Man, welcome to Tuscaloosa. Sorry I screwed that intro up, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. Man, I am super pumped that you invited me down here and i have told some people that uh this is the what makes it all worthwhile for me to be out there and and uh we'll get into all the stuff that we're going to do and have done but it's just been a blast being here man we've been happy to have you here and yeah. not too many people will probably say roll tide on your podcast so right. we can say that that's right now are you a true tide fan or i am yeah i am so did, this, did that bring you to here is that how you got here or it, or it made the decision a lot easier yeah. to apply yeah. <laughs> um, to come here. People get sick of my Alabama stuff. Well, they don't, but I have a lot of UT and Mississippi State. And well, you're in a different region. I you're know. not. You're not. Yeah. Not here in Alabama. It's a yep. little, little more fan base around here. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, we talk some football. We don't talk a lot, but you know, people do know I'm a Bama fan. But this, this makes it all worthwhile to just to be down here. And you know, and I'm you know I'm a golf guy. I, mm-hmm. We talked about. And we've talked a lot about stuff off off air, but um, you know this sports turf stuff is really fascinates me. It's interesting, and this is—I mean, what would you say? I mean, you're biased, so I'm not going to say it. But this is this is top top notch. I mean, it's probably every bit as much pro as anything. I think any school in the SEC yeah. is probably top notch pro level. Yeah, keeping the fields at that level. Yeah. I'm not going to say we're better than anybody else. I think everybody does. Yeah great work on their fields i think they got to maintain their fields for essentially professional level athletes out yep. there competing yeah well you know being the uh number one college football team in the pro in the united states and collegiate football uh that puts a spotlight on you how's that sometimes affect you um probably puts a little bit more pressure yeah on you because everybody's going to see that field yeah if, if they're a bama fan they're going to see it if yeah. they're not a Bama fan, they're going to want to see that field to <laughs> see what it looks like or see the team. Or even if you don't even really watch football and you just have your TV on ESPN, the the odds of you seeing a highlight of a play on the field yeah. are pretty high. So you want it to be perfect. I yeah. want I want that field to be 100% safe so those athletes can compete without even worrying about, is my foot going to slip if I plant it? I don't want any of that worrying. I want it to be safe and then yeah. – top of that i want it to be aesthetically pleasing absolutely you know absolutely. i want 
Miss Smith that walks in the stands to hit her husband and be like, why can't my yard look like that? Which my wife would say the same Which thing to me. Which happens all the time, I'm sure. <laughs> well, excuse me. So we're so the um, we're setting up and preparing for the was it a day game a day the, yep, spring, the spring game spring game for Alabama football which is Saturday ESPN twelve o'clock yep. shameless plug um, so um, what of all the preparations because I know I got here on Thursday we've kind of been just touching up paint and doing some things kind of last last minute adjustments or whatnot but uh, what what's some of the preparation leading up to that and how cool is that to have that this weekend. Um, it's really neat. I would say preparation started as soon as the last game of the season started yeah. or stopped last year. Um, we didn't overseed this year, so that's just latitude yeah. Bermuda you see out there. And um, April, even though we're in Alabama, got a good climate. Still not optimal right. Bermuda growing weather. It's young still. So we uh, we got to know our grow blankets really, really well. Yeah. Uh, threw them on a whole lot. Um, and we really started – hitting it hard in February. Right. You know, really starting to wake that plant up uh, with the grow blankets, really starting to give it nutrients. Uh, but you got to kind of be tricky too because you still got to pay attention to the weather. Sure. And if it's going to be 28 degrees, 26 degrees, the, that grow blanket can only keep it heated up so right. much. Um, so then you you worry about diseases a whole lot. We were had to make sure we were on top of our fungicide program. Yeah. Um, it was... a a neat, it's our first time it's ever happened without overseed, so it was a fun challenge. Right. I'm glad we did it. I think it looks looks great out there. Yeah. Um, so it started then, and then we started, so we've had two scrimmages out there already. So we started- Prior three, to- Prior to A-Day. Okay. So we've started, we've had to lay out the field probably about three weeks ago. All right. Um, but for scrimmages, we just paint the lines, hashes, numbers, just no, typical. No red. No red, yeah. just, just all white. Crimson, sorry. And then we started last week laying out some of our stencils, okay. getting them dotted, you know, where they go, line them up. And then I would say Monday we laid out the end zone and the center logo, uh-huh. uh, laid out the stencils, and then started painting them. Yeah. Um, the white- now, I didn't get to see the end zone painting, the, the, the wording. How do y'all do that? It's that, just a giant stencil. Giant stencil. Um, yeah. They're kind of heavy. <laughs> Imagine. And bulky. But yeah. we just lay it out. Um and you just stencil it, just stencil it. And it essentially covers the entire end zone. Uh-huh. So you just make sure that stencil's inside the white lines of the end zone, you know, 10 yards deep. Yeah. And then you just get after it. Fill in the dots with paint. <laughs> and then you come back and actually fill it in. It's just like yeah. a big kid's coloring book. Yeah. Is all the, now all the logos that I've seen us do, there's some stenciling or border mechanism or something that's right. that, we that use, pretty much like that all the we time? We use shields. Yeah, um, shields, that's what they call them. Just to give us nice, crisp, clean lines. Sure. And it also helps, um, you've kind of seen out there, it gets windy inside of the stadium. Yeah. You wouldn't think it, but the wind kind of gets down and swirls, so it yeah. helps with drift management yep. of the overspray, keeps you know the crimson out of the white and um, vice versa, but we mainly use it for the nice, crisp, clean lines. Yep. So let's back up, because I always like to find out about people and we didn't discuss your background and some of the things so and i know you've touched on some other places you've been talk about your career how it got started in this business and how it led to here all right i got started in high school (laughs) working for the ball fields for the city of helena and just kind of fell in love with working on the ball fields there kind of got introduced to it i mean 
if you got a 16, 17 year old kid that's willing to get up at five o'clock in the morning to yeah. go <laughs> work on ball fields on the weekend, they're rare these days. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I just I, I like the way it looks, and and then you're getting something ready for um, kids to go enjoy, go yeah. have fun and play. Sure, you know, and then um, started as a just a part time job uh, working in the success stands at the Birmingham Barons, but I wanted to be on that field, and I thought that was my uh, you know way in. And uh, one of my biggest mentors, uh, Daniel Ruggiero, came up. It was my second year working in success stands, and it was the first game of the second homestand series. And he said, hey, you want to work on the field? I said, yeah. And he goes, my assistant just, just quit. Can you be here tomorrow morning at 8 a.m.? <laughs> and so I got an assistant job in professional baseball, um, which was really neat. I kind of fell into that role. Yeah. I'm probably um, – I'm probably one of the few. I don't have a turf degree. I don't have a degree at all. Okay. Um, so I'm probably one of the well, weird so or ones. Well, that's encouraging for people in, that are, you know, making trying to make it. Yeah, you, know? I, you don't have to have a degree. I think I had. I think I had to work a little harder than somebody yeah. with a sure. degree. But this is also something that I, I like. I like the soil profile stuff. All yeah. the the grass nerd stuff. Sure, <laughs> I, I enjoy that. But now, do you now? Do you do? continuing education have you taken classes have you started to kind of I, understand it i have so um, whenever i was uh not to sidetrack your career <laughs> well whenever I, well, we'll get there whenever yeah. i was in the golf world i did they did the assistant certification sure and i passed the first two on that but then i left the golf world and came here so i haven't completed <laughs> the last two and actually the stmas just did a continue education certificate okay. so i'm about to once spring's done venture down that so yeah. i but i love going to seminars or learning workshops or anything like that i love to continuously learn and find new and different ways yeah um so i was with the barons uh, their last three years at the hoover met working under uh daniel ruggiero and he kind of is the one that showed me hey there's a professional side to this industry kind of taught me you know how to maintain at a professional level how to handle myself at a professional level around these athletes mm-hmm. and everything like that so they were building a new stadium downtown so there was no field so they were gonna have to lay me off and i told him i was like hey i want to try my hand in golf played golf growing up enjoyed the game yeah um and it landed me at uh hoover country club and i was there for about three years and uh had an opportunity to go i was an assistant there mm-hmm. to be another assistant at vestavia country club probably a little little nicer club in, right. in birmingham and um Got to work under Owen Colson, and he kind of my second big mentor in this. You need him in this industry, no doubt. Um, still really close with both of those. Yeah, uh, but he's the one that kind of really advanced me in the in the golf world of things. Kind of yeah. took my grass knowledge up to where it needed to be. Put a lot more responsibility on me. Yeah. And while we were there, we went through a major renovation. Uh, course was closed for eighteen months, and we redid everything from irrigation up. Yeah. I mean, it was just a. a Dust huge bowl experience. and mud bowl. We went through a lot of rain oh, <laughs> during for that sure. renovation, but <laughs> it was really neat. I think I learned the most going through that, the construction aspect of how a green's built, yeah. how a tee box is built, and uh, having to lay out fairway lines and all that. It was a really neat process, a um, lot of long hours. Yeah. Um, we had a great team behind us, and I think that's what really made it go go well and yeah. it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun a lot of work a lot of fun but i mean seeing it 
on opening day with the members enjoying it. Right. And they got something really special up there now. Yeah. Uh, but he, I do accredit him to kind of helping me out. And then. What's one of the, what's one or two things you could take away from being in the golf business that you apply now or that you've learned maybe in that, that you have sort of applied to your, what you're doing now? I would probably say definitely my, my grass knowledge. Yeah. You know, the golf course, it's all grass and, um, the hazards that everybody wants to be perfect, the bunkers. Right, sure. <laughs> but it's mainly grass. Yeah. Um, so learning really fungicides and fertilizers and different types of grasses, you know, growing bent grass in Alabama can, can be a, can be a <laughs> challenge from time to time. <laughs> it's almost silly to say these days, but it is, still happens, I imagine. Well, there's a lot of courses yeah, still. They in, still have it, don't they? You, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these places are, are highly successful with yeah. it. You just battle through the <laughs> battle through the summer. Yep. Um, so I'd say that, and then um, probably the second thing is organizing a crew to get done what all you need to get done. Right. And to know that there's, like at a golf course, there's there's moving parts throughout the whole golf course, and you can't be everywhere at once. Right. So you got to set yourself and the crew up for the most successful way without you being there and having that trust with the crew that they're getting the job done, and then also learning how to multi-manage you know might be on the phone with somebody but i'm yep. in person with another one trying to work through two two different things so i think that's probably the two biggest things that i learned in my time at the golf course yeah i think those are those are i mean for you the grass side of it i think you had to learn a little bit along the way but the the knowledge to understand the leadership and the management style and things they they can can transfer across whatever industry you're doing and and just like here in the golf business you know you've got you can't be everywhere all the time and you've got to get people on the same page we talked about this some it's like you know you got to trust that they buy into the process that things are going to get done and that you just need to be there to support and follow up but you can't be everywhere at once and you know on a campus where you've got you know, I think, what'd you tell me? You got 15 acres or something yep, like that? Right. Yeah, roughly so you, 15. And you're just all sports turf. You're not, you can, that thing's probably, it's right there on the side. It's probably loose a little bit. Just get it to where you want it. But, um, it, you know, you can't be all over the campus at one time. So it's a, it's a big campus. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it's the same thing in a golf course. So, you know, you got 120, 130 acres. You can't be everywhere at the same time. So, um, you know, that's, that's big. And, and especially when you've got, Everywhere you've got to be is high intensity. You <laughs> yes. know, it's um, you know we we talked about it, um, and we'll probably get into it a little bit more. But you know, you don't have any real room for error. You don't have edges where people may never go. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. It's always going to be something that you have to you know keep an eye out on. Especially with the modern era of everything being televised, and yeah. these television cameras are getting better and better and better. <laughs> these, High HD killing you in it. These, uh, and the, you know, you got sky cams. You can't hide nothing out yeah, there. No. So, I mean, there's there's no spot that we take care of that's not visible or, or essentially in play because even in baseball or softball, just because it's outside those foul lines, they can still make a play and catch the ball and it be out. So, even though it's not in between those foul lines, it still has to be safe yeah. and perfect. And, sure. Um, those transitions at baseball and softball from clay to grass, you got to make sure that those are 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 good. That way, you don't twist an ankle or that ball doesn't pop up high. You got to yeah. make sure that it's it's hundred percent safe. And those are the most most challenging areas sure. to maintain. Yeah. So, take me from how you got from Vestavia to what's mm-hmm. what what was the next 
progression. Well, well I always so whenever we were at the Barons, we hosted the SEC baseball tournament. Okay, and, uh, worked it ever since I've been there, at least a, a day. And uh, so even in the golf world, I um, I'd get my fix in with sports turf. You know, I'd get to go work that, and it just got to the point. It just I was missing that that it's it's fun to get pumped up for these games and these events sure. it's 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 really easy to and I, and I like that I like the pressure and the challenge um so I saw a job posting they were hiring here and uh I applied and I you know I told my wife I was like hey I applied here I was like I've been out of the sports store for so long they're not gonna they're not gonna call but you know I I tried and, right um couldn't pass it up no but I called uh Daniel Ruggiero and he actually knows uh, John DeWitt here, and uh, he called John DeWitt and was just like, "Hey, so so applied, you know, just take a look at his resume. Just kind of talking about my, you know, me and what all I've done, right? Done for him, and uh, so they did take a look and end up calling me, and I did a a phone interview with John. And um, the <laughs> the funny thing is, my my wife walked in uh, picking up our kid from school, and I was on the phone interview, and I had it on speakerphone, and um, our dog got out. So the last five minutes of my phone interview with John, I'm chasing our little chihuahua down the street. <laughs> so I nice. uh, probably out of breath <laughs> and all that. Then came here, did an in-person interview, and you know me and John kind of hit it off personality-wise. Yeah, yeah. And um, got got offered to me, and um, and here here I am. <laughs> hey, man, it's a it's a beautiful place. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what to do with being here every day, but I mean, it's got to be a dream come true for you being a Bama fan and that coming open and and uh, you know, John, you and John look like you have a really good relationship. So I will say that on air that, that y'all look like y'all work well together and have a good time. We do. We uh, you know, we pick each other up. We sure. we laugh a lot throughout the uh, day. Um, some long days. <laughs> we're in one right now. Um, you are more than me. But we you know we have a good time. We are. We're on the same page yeah. with everything, with all the events and what what the grass needs, what yeah. the fields need. You know, each field needs something different, and yeah. we come up with game plans and then figure out how to work the plan together. Yeah, but we're a, I think we're a pretty strong team team together. Yeah, I think you know my weak spots are his strong suits and his weak spots are my strong suits. Yeah. What this could be a, a very open ended question, but what is what do you think is the biggest challenge being here? I, I would just say the number of events. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of events. Um, so to kind of give you an example from my perspective, we're on spring game this weekend. You've got women's softball and men's baseball tonight. Yes, both of which you're responsible for. Yes, and you've been prepping the field for the football game tomorrow, which you again have baseball and softball, right? Correct. And is there anything else? Uh, we had baseball last night, yeah, and but, then we have softball Sunday night. Yeah, so I mean, you, I mean, you've constantly got something going. Yeah, uh, and, and it really never stops, does it? Correct. And then uh, women's soccer's done, but throw them in the loop every once yeah. in a while. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, that's all you have is women's soccer. They don't have men's. Correct. Just women's. Yeah, that's standard, I guess. But um, so I, I, I kind of figured that because I, we were, we were talking when we first got here. You showed me your job board out there, and there's not a lot of open room. No. <laughs> yeah. What'd you tell me? There's like two weeks in December and maybe a few weeks in the summer. Yeah. That's about it. Get off. Summer slows down. There's not really, 
you still got to maintain fields for camps. Yeah. But it's still not, it's not at a game level. They're not competing on games at that level. So it's a little bit more relaxed, but that's, you know, summertime is the only time you can really get into your agronomic programs and get the fields as healthy as I can. That way they can withstand wear and tear in the fall and the spring. So do you get primarily, uh, and you can talk about some of the challenges where you get asked certain things, but from an agronomic standpoint, you know, we know Brian Denny's, you know, that's the, that's the big, that's the main place, right? But the other ones we talked about also are, you know, that you don't want to have, you know, do them in such a way that they're not looked upon as important too. So how do you balance all that and, and schedule all the things that have to be done with given a very difficult schedule? How do you – is that something you, you just kind of have to do once you get the schedule or do you get any input? I, mean, I know I'm asking a thousand questions, but yeah. talk so, about a lot of – because this is – I mean, like you said, people would be impressed with that schedule out there. I mean, it's a lot of stuff going on. I don't just crank on that thing, but um, so we we wait till like the teams usually give us like a camp schedule. Yeah. Um, now their game schedule we got it's sure. on there, but we don't start really, you know, airifying or doing verticutting stuff until games are over. Yeah. Um, so they'll give us like our their camp their summer camp schedule, and we'll. We'll kind of work around them. Sure. But we also know there's a big camp coming up. I don't want to air five three days before because I want that field to still look good. Cause it's, right. I mean, the fields are kind of like the you know the front door mat. That's the first thing people see whenever mm-hmm. they come in or you know into our area and want it to look nice. You want your fields to always play nice. You want the kids to come here and, mm-hmm. and play. <laughs> um, so we kind of work around there and then – if we do something like a, a deep drill and fill, and I, I've had to book an outside contractor for that, yep. we will tell baseball and softball, he's coming these three days. I, I need these three days. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, it's his schedule. Yep. You have to go with that. And because we kind of flexible with them throughout the season, they're really good with us with that. But all of our other stuff we do in-house, and so we can kind of make adjustments as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, if they come to us, hey, I know you got, I know you told us you're going to air five today. I got this group coming through. They want to look at it. Fair enough. I'll I'll just do it. Yeah. I'll just do it tomorrow. Um, so that's kind of how we navigate it through. But we try and get as many cultural practices in as as possible during right. the the summertime because that's your only time to make it get it healthy and get it let it breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so. Switching gears a little bit, do you have any cool like stories that involve former players, players that currently play, coaches? Do you, do you have anything that's kind of like that you can tell? I would say we, I don't interact with the players too much or yeah. coaches. We kind of um, behind the scenes guys, sure. and I'm and I'm fine with that. That's kind of how yeah, I, I like it to be. I would say probably the coolest thing since I've been here was. You know, President of the United States coming to watch yeah, the LSU talk about that. game. Talk about that. You know, that was really neat. Um, you know, there's rumors flying around, you know, yeah. 10 days before it was announced to us, like, hey, the president might be coming, which you're like, oh, that's pretty, you know, that's pretty cool. And you're already getting geared up because at that point in time, yeah. LSU and Alabama were both, I mean, that was a, a big time game. <laughs> yeah. That was essentially deciding who's going to the national championship or not. Yep. And um, so then it got said he's coming. So then. Um, just like one or two Secret Service agents came 
around the stadium being sarcastic. There was a, bu- <laughs> a bunch. I imagine there was more than uh, that. It was a little a little harder getting inside the stadium to do my work yeah. <laughs> that week than yep. than normal. Um, and on top of that, it's a, it's already a big profile game. I mean, huge profile game. So you yeah. want to make sure everything's top notch. Everything's yeah. perfect. You know, I want I want to make sure that that crimson and white line is yeah. dead nuts on. <laughs> sure. Um, so the the added pressure was pretty cool. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, I don't think that many people can say the president came to your stadium to watch a watch a game. I think it was. No. It was just, just even just the atmosphere around it was really really neat. I remember watching it on TV, and that was pretty awesome to uh, to see that, and for him to be here, and you know, and then what, was it one versus two, or I mean, it was it was either two and three or one and two. Yeah, I don't. They were highly ranked, but um, I should know it's stupid. But um, but I mean, I bet that is pretty cool. I mean, we you have security. Is that normal? Like the security you have today? I mean, yes. You, is yes. that pretty standard? That is standard for any. That didn't change because of COVID or nothing like that. Mm-mm. That's been like that all the time. Yes, it's yeah. been um, a fun to get in <laughs> inside the stadium as as you've witnessed with us. Yeah. So um, it ramped up pretty hard when he was here. Then I would imagine. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Um, it wasn't like right now. We got our. Um, security team and our campus cops running the security to get in. Yeah. Um, whenever that was, it was Secret Service and TSA running the security coming in. Gotcha. With our, you know, our police helping, and then inside there is kind of a second layer was our security and everything like that. So you almost had kind of like two layers yeah. going through, but you did have to go through Secret Service and TSA, just like an airport getting in, which which slowed things up a little bit so you know the university had to change you know normally fans can come in i think it's two and a half hours before a game you know they started letting fans in three and a half hours for the game just because they knew it would take longer getting in sure um is that standard across all sec or college or you have a clue or do you know that everybody kind of goes through that i can't speak i don't don't i don't know i just know what it is what it is with us yeah, because I mean, I know when you go to like a fan comes through, they get wanted or go through mm-hmm. metal detection. That's pretty normal these days. But we, you I mean, me and you've been through at least two or three times. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's just working. You know, coming in and out. So. Yeah. And then we saw the the dogs they have running around. That's pretty cool. They got dogs yeah. sniffing and checking, checking all of our carts yeah. and <laughs> and all the different areas. Yeah. Um, what do you say? They every once in a while they plant one on y'all just. Just to well, just keep the dogs, the dogs on. Yeah, they the, like to use our shop area because yeah. we got a lot of paint buckets and sure. all that different stuff. Just to make sure the dogs yeah. are are actually still detecting what yep. they're supposed to detect. And yep. you know, they let us know, like, oh. hey, don't 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 mess with this, or like, hey, y'all don't go in this room for the next ten minutes or yeah. anything like that. Um, no, it's re- it's really neat, but at the same time, it makes you, you know, you feel safe once you're in here. Yeah. I mean, not that I never haven't. Yeah. But just it always, I just take it. It is, it is what it is. You got to go through it and, yeah. and get in. I mean, everybody, everybody's had to go go through the security checkpoint. Like it's I nothing have. for you, right? It, it's just kinda, another. Just another day. That just tells me that there's about to be a football game. Yeah. For anybody listening, we're in, we're literally on the ground floor, right outside the stadium, underneath the stadium. Yeah. And so if you hear noises, I think I heard somebody. Bump honking or something but we are they're they're getting ready for this weekend they got fans coming don't they yes we opened up capacity to 50 percent, so about fifty thousand. it's going to be 100 percent for the season in it um so. we've projected the university announced that that's what they are you know that's what we're planning yeah 
Whether um, it changes or not, who knows? Right, but that's what we're planning yeah. moving forward. It's what the university has said, which I'd like to see it open back up and make yeah. the What was it like having, what was it, a quarter capacity last year? It was weird. Weird. It was really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seemed but, like there was more. I don't know, yeah. man. It just seemed like it was more on TV, but you know how they can mess with the knobs a little bit on TV and make it sound like it's Yeah, louder. I mean, they brought some on some big plays, but it's yeah. still weird whenever whenever you're standing next to somebody and you got to be yelling just for them to hear you barely because yeah. there's 100,000 people cheering behind you versus, yeah. you know, you and I could talk just like this and, sure. and hear each other the entire game. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird. And it's also weird, you know, looking up and looking around and seeing all the empty seats. We're not not necessarily used to that <laughs> we used right. to, we usually we got a great fan base and they usually show up for games probably had to help with some of the traffic though i mean mm-hmm. keeping tailgating to minimum or none at, yeah. at all and you're not having everybody running around i mean i know that you and i probably are pretty big fans so mm-hmm. we'd like to see that but you know it's it probably was a little weird it made getting around campus on a game day a lot easier yeah because <laughs> um, even though i mean we're in the fall i still got fall baseball going on fall mm-hmm. softball so yeah we might have a game here but i still might have a practice or scrimmage <clears throat> game at one of those locations i still got to go leave here and go check on make yeah. sure everything's squared away and good for for that yeah. i can't not service another team or or another organization i still have to help them out even yeah. though we got a big profile football game going on sure so talk about your staff a little bit and how how everything's kind of set up because I know you have individual locations at each site. So talk about some of the people you got working for you, what they kind of do, and how that all kind of works. Yeah, so we got uh, Sam King. He's our baseball guy. We, yep. He came to us from the Hoover Met, um, brought him onto our team, and he kind of oversees baseball day-to-day mm-hmm. and everything right there, which is really nice. It's kind of one – Last thing that I really got to worry about. Yeah, I know everything's in good shape there, and kind of let he him. He does a good job over there. Let him. Oh, he does a fantastic job. Yeah, and kind of let him do his thing. I sometimes I feel like I'm in the way whenever I'm over there. Yeah. Uh, so I just kind of uh, pop in and be like, "Hey, what do you need help with?" Or you know, communicate with him like, "Hey, I really need to spray that grass today. Let me know when I can do it." Yeah. Um. Then we got um, kind of we, and he's got two guys with him that kind of throughout the day whatever he needs um, packing bullpens or helping him with whatever and then we got three of our staff that kind of sit at softball or it's kind of their main spot we got Chris that's kind of our kind of running the site there now I mean they just make sure all the day to day is there and it's very helpful as well that the the team and coaches see a face every day right they can go to that person and get a direct answer Mm -hmm. they don't have to call me or john or try and find us they got somebody that's there kind of every day that they can communicate to and they see see working um so we found that very helpful yeah. and you know they can see us even if something does go wrong out, out on the field they see us or our team working it's not from lack of care or lack of wanting to mm-hmm. they see us wanting to help or constantly doing something so that helps out a lot too yeah. Because uh, mistakes do happen, we're you know we're human, or or Mother Nature. You cannot beat Mother Nature. No. She, uh, you know, you talked a lot about her. You know, you go to sleep with a twenty percent rain chance, and you know you wake up in the middle of the night to a thing of thunder, and you look at your radar, and you're just devastated because <laughs> you you know it didn't tarp. You had twenty yeah. percent chance, and so they see us 
working hard getting the field back ready for that yeah. and different things like that so mother nature always wins <laughs> yeah on the on the so i'm 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 fascinated by the dirt part of sports turf mm-hmm. because that's not something i you know typically have a lot of experience with so if it were to get a situation where you missed missed decided to put the tarp down or something how is it could it rain enough that you would have to move an event or cancel yes. an event yes and how and and could you avoid it if you had to put a tarp down or could sometimes it just not be a the 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 safest thing is to tarp it for for the clay yeah the safest thing is to tarp it yeah because it's easier to add water yeah. than to take water away sure now the worst thing to do for grass it's to tarp it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do it. So that. you're fighting a, a, a battle, yeah. and that's kind of why you kind of you know, put it on or not. Yeah. Um, but that I mean, once clay, it, it can get too wet and yeah. be slippery. Um, that's why you'll see even, um, you know, once games start, it's umpire's call. Yeah. Um, to, you know, delay the game or anything like that. And I mean, even at some fields, you'll see the umpires let it go too long. Yeah. And the field get... Um, I know once it starts raining and, and game scheduled, there's nothing you can do. I mean, it's yeah. going to be called. Yes, or, it's the umpire at that yeah. point in time. Yeah, I I can't. I can give him information, show him radar, but he's the one that calls delay and allows me to put the tarp on. It's yeah. his call now. Up until game time, it's it's my call. Mm-hmm. Um, so once, as soon as he takes the field, it's his. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing I can do until he he makes the call, but. Um, if the clay does get too wet, it'll be too slippery. Yeah. And at that point in time, I'll have to, you know, talk to some people and say, I, I don't feel this is a safe playing environment. Yeah. And if they decide to play or not, that's them. But if I tell them, hey, I feel this is now unsafe, in my opinion, they usually listen because they don't want – the worst thing you want is an athlete to get hurt. Nobody wants to see that. No. Not, not ever. Yeah. And so that's why you want to make it safe. And – keep the dirt at the right level to where you get the cleat in and cleat clean in and cleat out and yeah. it doesn't crumble it's not too dry the ball's playing too hard off there or or yeah. too muddy and slippery yeah it's a it's a fine line you gotta walk walk and i think you saw it yesterday when yeah. I mean you saw sam watering once by himself and then we watered it twice yeah. and that was probably three of five times that field got <laughs> watered that day yeah i mean and you know that's the art to it it's it's kind of like you know i was i didn't say this to you but you know watching him it's kind of like syringe and bent grass and the, mm-hmm. you know when you you kind of kind of know where you need to be and if and then you could have a little too too much and it go the other way or you could have not enough and it go you know send you you know behind the eight ball so it looked to me like there's some similarities when it comes to that from a playability standpoint now i get it it's not necessarily the same one's a little different than the other but the idea is the same you know the the water management you know is is a big thing about it and that's why we usually i would say probably 90 percent of the time that that clay's watered is sam he knows that clay yeah he's been over there the whole time he knows how much water it's had, what it needs. He kind of knows that line. So yeah. 90% of the time, he's he's doing the watering, and he kind of knows what spot. You know, the the back edge might need a little less water than the front edge does. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't dry evenly. You know, different spots dry at different speeds. Sure. So he kind of knows that clay and knows what needs what and kind of to make it all consistent from front to back. Yeah. And I asked you this the other day, and um, I think it's – common more common than i would 
would know, but you know, like um, players need. You know, there might be specific requests by players about, you know, hey, I want it this way or that way. Is that does that happen from time to time? It does from time to time. Yeah. Um, some some guys might like it a, a little little wetter than others. Others might might like it a little yeah. drier. It's kind of what they're used to playing. Yeah. On. Do you ever get a coach's request for like, hey man, we're playing the teams real fast, you know, slow them down? Uh, not for the, those. Not, not not for those purposes, yeah. but um, every now and then the coach would be like, hey, can we? I, th- I thought it was a little drier yesterday. Could we, oh. could we maybe add a little bit more water? And yeah. and fair enough, because like, ultimately we're in the, the service industry. Sure. I'm here to cater to them and give them the best possible chance to win yeah. with the field, you know, the field at a good good condition. So if they want it a little wetter or a little drier, it could go, go either way. We try and cater to their, their needs. Now there might be times where there's a, there's a potential for rain, you know, we'll let, we'll let the coach know, hey, the fields, we're going to leave the clay a little drier. So if it does rain during the game, it can take, yeah, it can take more water and still be a safe surface. So we'll communicate to them if there's rain chances in the area. So how many baseball games would you say y'all have, home games? 36. Okay. And, I mean, I know the, the sports are different, but you only got, what, eight? Football home games, maybe six or eight. Yeah, we got. I think we got seven in season. Then you got the eight. Yeah, eight days, so eight. Yeah, eight. And then do you have any extra on the on Bryant Denny? Do you have? I know you said you had college football. I mean, high school football. Yeah. So that's Is every. It, right now, it's every other year. They're at Auburn. Okay. They one alternate. year, and then they come here, and then they're building a new field in downtown Birmingham. And they'll get added to the rotation. Okay. So at that point in time, it'll be every every three years, the high school championships. All right. So um, seven, seven games in three days <laughs> um, in December. Yeah. Um, they, a, moved to, they moved the ones in Tennessee to our synthetic turf up in Cookville. Yeah. I don't know if they were on athlete or grass before then, but that's just you – know, they had five, six A. Yeah, so six games in three days, plus a pri- uh, private schools. Yeah, so we – we got that, and then we got the team in the spring. They'll scrimmage twice out here, um, not like eight, just the team scrimmages. And then in the fall, they'll scrimmage out here one to two times before the season. Right. And then we'll have the the band will come out and do a practice, a halftime practice show, um, one time. Yeah. Out here, but other than that, that's about all that happens. No concerts, um, nothing like that. You no, kind of the way the stadium's designed, you can't can't really get trucks in here yeah. for like stage equipment or anything like that so no we haven't haven't had any concerts and yeah. i don't know of any in the near future right not saying yeah. that it, not to saying that it could never happen but sure. i just they'll find a way if they want it but right i just not in the near future yeah. i don't see and we haven't in the yeah. past what about basketball this year they had they had a pretty good season <laughs> that was a fun season to watch how did that change the kind of the psyche and the and the energy around here is anybody pretty pumped about it Oh, a lot of people are pumped. It yeah. was kind of, I mean, a lot of people watched basketball, but I think it got them even more in tune with the team, yeah. following it a lot more. Um, they were fun to watch, man. I would say all all of our teams right now are really fun to watch. I've, yeah. I feel like I feel like we're on a rocket ship, and I kind of just I'm along for the ride with my hands up. <laughs> you, you said that the other day. It's like a rock. It's like a roller coaster, man. And I'm just riding it. I'm riding it out, man. It's fun while it lasts, you know. And 
I think was the girls softball highly ranked number three, and then in baseball are they are they ranked at all? Are they they're really good. I, I don't know. I don't believe they're ranked yeah. nationally, but they're 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 having yeah. a really good season. Yeah. I think the uh, the team's really coming together. You know they. Before COVID shut them down last year, yeah. they, I think they were nineteen and one. Yeah. I mean, they're they're driving really well. They're it's a pretty young baseball team, but yeah. they're they're fun to watch. Right, um, they can hit bombs every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it you know, like we talked about this uh, this is high end, this is big time athletics, and um, I I just I think. A lot of you take it probably a little more in stride than someone who's seeing it on the outside looking in, like me. And you know, and I and I'm just I'm you know one I'm a fan, but I'm in awe of all the stuff that's going on. And I just you know the obvious fan stuff. You know, we could talk all day about Malmore and the facility we walked in the other day. That to me, it was the most impressive thing I've ever seen. It, it puts into perspective how crazy this football program is in terms of tradition, um, in terms of the being elite for so long. I mean, it's really – I mean, I could have stayed in there all day. I wish we could have recorded the podcast in there, <laughs> set up a table in there. And just, man, it's still fun with me whenever yeah. I go in there. I, uh, I, I, I had no idea. I didn't know what to expect. I don't know if anybody's ever seen that. I mean, I know – I. I I don't know of anybody that's ever been in there. I'm sure you could go online and yeah, see they don't just let anybody anything, go in there, right? Um, no, not just yeah. anybody. But it it's always changing. Like whenever I took you up there, that was the first time I saw uh, Devontae Smith's Heisman. Yeah, and that's the first time I've seen that trophy in there or the new national championship trophy. I hadn't seen that in there yet. So it, it's constantly changing. Um, <laughs> it's really neat. Well, they had uh, they had the spots for the latest round of. I think Mac Jones's award and Devontae's award, but they did have this Heisman there. That, that was just incredible. I mean, I don't know if anybody listening cares or wants to know, but this place was just everything that you could possibly imagine as a recruit. You walked in, see, and had the Heisman trophies, all the championship rings from SEC championships to national championships. And that, I, there was, I don't even know how many there was. I took a picture of it. And I bet it. 50. I do know oh. you made the comment, how am I going to fit all these in one, one picture? <laughs> yeah, I said, how am I going to fit all these in one picture? I actually turned out pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's um, it's an impressive place. And I don't know how if you're a recruit for any sport, much less football, you couldn't just go up there and just be in awe. I mean, it's it's a neat neat yeah. room. That's, yeah. that is and that's sure. where all the coaches' offices are and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, so that's our foot, that's kind of our athletic administration building yeah. in there. And um off that hall is the kind of all the football coaches huh. off there. And then, Would that have like basketball and stuff in there as well? No, they they are in, the, in Coleman. Okay. So there's a kind of a upstairs in Coleman. Can we go Coliseum. in there? Can you take yeah. me in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to go in there. Uh, That'd we be, that, we, I know we you don't get indoors much, but I'd like to check it out. Yeah, I don't do anything in, yeah, <laughs> in, no. in, in Coleman. I don't you know yeah. have to wax the floor or anything like that. <laughs> uh, but no, that's broom where, the, no broom in the hardwood? No, but that's where – Softball coaches, yeah. uh, baseball, kind of basketball, mainly all the other sports are yeah. are over there. Right. Um, so if I gotta go meet with um, our baseball, our you know our baseball coach or anything like that, I, yeah. I go to his office over there. But they also have offices inside their own own stadiums. Sure. So what's a typical day for you like? Just 
I mean, I've, I've seen kind of what time you start and finish, but just is there a typical day or do you just every day is different? <laughs> Depends on what, what what time of year we're in. Um, let's let's say it's a game day on, uh, you know, I mean, obviously you're going to have games in the fall. So what what's a typical game day like for you? A uh, typical game day, we usually show up. We, we tell ourselves we'll get here five hours before kick. Yeah. Um, usually can't sleep the night before, so usually here six seven hours <laughs> before kick and what we'll do is we'll we'll roll in mow the field one one final time just to make sure everything you know all the grass is even everything just yeah. looks clean looks good out there then we'll put the sideline rugs out because typically teams aren't supposed to start setting up their sidelines like three hours before kick but everybody gets anxious and they're yeah. out there three and a half four hours <laughs> depends on if they're bringing in air-conditioned benches or how big their water station yeah. is. Or, yeah. I mean, these sidelines are getting elaborate yeah. <laughs> with everything they're bringing in. Uh, so we'll get the rugs down as quickly as we can because once we do that, they can start setting up. And then we'll um, set out the game equipment, you know, the sideline markers, the down markers, set out the pylons and the um, goalpost um, kind of pads on them. And then we'll actually rope off the end zones in the center logo, and that's just to keep – trainers or tv from walking across it just that way it'll be it can look the best it can for game time right um and then walk of champions usually happens two hours before the game so we'll go out about two and a half two hours and 15 minutes before uh the game before the team does walk champions get all the stakes up Mm -hmm. um and then team will come out start start warming up so that that point in time it's thurs yeah and that's kind of the time i can you know finally sit down because it, it, it'll wear you out during the week to get it painted get it ready for a game right you know, we're you're putting out in 10 12 14 hour days every day leading up to that game yeah and uh, you know a typical game days 15 16 hour day because um, you're before and after the game right correct yeah so during the game is kind of our time to kind of chill out you know enjoy the game um, John and I actually even start talking about our plan next week. You know, if we got a game the following week, we only have so long to get it back. Yeah, prep for the next. If you next don't have on. a game the following week, there's still stuff to be done, right? Yeah, that's actually more important. Yeah, because um, that's whenever hey, can we sneak in a solid time airification? Can we we can go a little heavier with fertilizer sure. or or something like that? So you know, during the games, kind of our time to relax or you know, pre-COVID. You know, you got friends or family that be at the game. You can yeah. hang out with them, uh, which is really fun and neat. And then post game, we'll start. Uh, first thing we do, we'll pick up the pylon. As soon as the game's over, pick up the pylons, take off the goalpost pads, put them up, start getting all the game equipment up, and yeah. then start going around just picking up trash. You know, not a glamorous job, but it, <laughs> it needs to, it needs <laughs> to be done. Has to do it, yeah. Um, so we'll all kind of grab them trash bucket and start picking it up and just give the teams time to clear off the rugs yeah get their equipment off and as soon as they get their equipment off we'll get the sideline rugs up and then we'll mow mow the field after the game just to help you know settle down any divots or anything like that we'll actually mow long um mow the field lengthwise different direction a different direction just kind of clean it up yeah and then we'll either uh, fertilize or spray a fungicide or Whatever we're going to do, we'll we'll kind of do that stuff sure. then. And then we'll head home in traffic. <laughs> and what you was telling me, you, you so you could be five hours before a game, which typically you're probably seven hours before a game. 
And if it's a night game, you're not getting home till middle of the night. Right. Early morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, if it's an 8 o'clock kick at night, you know, yeah. typical game's four hours. Yeah. Game's over at midnight. We typically have three hours of work post-game mm-hmm. on average. And then if you get later on in the season – yeah. Um, with like with us, where we knew we weren't going to put out any ryegrass, we had to protect that Bermuda as long as possible. So we yeah. were throwing out grow blankets. I think the first time we did it this last year was Halloween night after Mississippi State. We put out. Yeah, the, I mean that's that's the tricky thing is you got to delay any cold weather on those is for as long as you can. Yep. You and know, that, and, and if you're not painting, you know, some sort of turf paint to keep the color. I mean, which you might be just a little bit, but. Um, you know, trying to keep the, the Bermuda as green as possible until the last game. Yeah, just trying to keep it as healthy. Mm. And, I mean, if I can if I can take two hours and put a grow blanket on and get get 5% more growth, to me, it's yeah. worth it. What what typically, temperature-wise, do you get in that, in say, November, early? Because you've got, I would say, what, maximum three games between November 1st and December, maybe four? Uh, usually three. Yeah. Usually. On so you've got three, three games that you're trying to, to keep the turf healthy for, and not overseeding. That makes it a challenge. So, what is what is the temperature that you're? Because I know in Nashville we're probably we're probably having a frost, but we could still have seventies. You know, we could still be pretty warm. You know, it's just kind of you know, soil temperature is still going down. So Bermuda can hang on till after Thanksgiving. Yes, we you, we really watch the lows yeah. to decide if we're going to blanket or not. Sure. Um, and there's some times where I say the low is going to be 30 degrees, yeah. but it's Friday night before a home game on Saturday. Well, I can't really blanket and unblanket before yeah. the game, so I just have to let the field take you know take that. Yeah. Um, which this latitude is pretty pretty cold tolerant. It it'll it'll hang on for a good. Yeah good bit which we're really happy with that but we we really watch the lows we're not really scared about the highs with the the blankets on yeah to me the warmer it gets and i still got the blanket on i'm just getting warmer and warmer underneath there right um which at that which is actually makes me happy that time of year right now y'all do oversee the baseball and the softball that i've seen is, uh, and maybe soccer as well we do and track yeah so what so what was the decision behind not doing the Brian Denny versus all those just wanted to change it up. Uh, we th- we felt like in 2019 we could get away without overseed. John and I did with the latitude. Um, we went out a very very low rate of overseed that year. Yeah, I think it was like five pounds per thousand, something real real low. Um, and then COVID hit, and you know our football program doesn't necessarily like ryegrass right at all. So we we kind of got approached with hey do you think we could pull it off without ryegrass and john and i thought the season before we could mm-hmm. and we wanted to kind of try it so we told him yeah let's let's try it we think we can be successful and, right i mean if you look out there you'll see a couple where where areas but i think i think we were successful with it mm-hmm. and i see us probably from here on probably not not overseeding it yeah. which is going to just make that bermuda even even healthier yeah it doesn't have any competition on it. And I think, just being honest, I just think it's in the long term you're going to be better off. I, I agree. I mean, you know, baseball, where you're not having as high traffic and you can spray it out, you know, you're sure you're going to have a few spots here and there. But but, but as well, the baseball season starts in January. Right. And it goes, goes to May. 
So they're playing the heart of their season, and the only grass that could be green is, yeah. is rye grass. Right, and that that's a that's a good point too. You're not playing in the fall, late you know, early or late summer to fall. You know where mm-hmm. you want the you know the predominant Bermuda to be you know going strong. You might as well play on rye grass. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and it looks good too. By the way, it looks really good. I don't. Um, I'm excited to watch the game tonight, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think for the 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 main field, you're right. I mean, it's just long term probably would be detrimental because the turf right now wouldn't. You'd be it'd have to be all ryegrass. Yes, I mean, mm-hmm. it would be predominantly ryegrass, and that would be hurting. I mean, it would look good, you make it look good, but but I, realistically, if I had ryegrass out there, my Bermuda's probably three weeks behind where it's at right sure. now. Oh yeah. Because you're promoting, because you're doing everything you can to get the ryegrass where it needs to be. Yep. And thick, and you can't just, and that's just scamp on it. And that's just competition. You know, Bermuda's just waking up at that point in time, yeah. and ryegrass is thriving. So yeah. it's sucking up all the nutrients, and Bermuda's just getting the leftovers. Yeah. Do you ever put any rollers or anything out there? We do. Yeah. We, we roll it um, kind of as needed. Yeah. Um, if we do any type of airification out there, we do roll it. We roll it. Um, but mainly, uh, Mainly just mowing, yeah. but it, it is common practice for yeah. us to roll. It's common practice for us to roll all of our fields yeah. um, just to help keep them smooth and just to achieve that safe playing surface. Yeah. That's what it comes to. You don't want to bump or a, you know, a high spot or, or anything or an undulation. Yeah. Or there doesn't need to be one in a field. No. So it just helps make it keep it all flat. Yeah. And then, I mean, even the clay, the clay, I mean – I can't speak for Sam, but I see that roller out there a whole lot on, on the clay. It looks like it gets rolled some, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. What is um, what would you say? You know, as far as any major things you've got coming up, is there anything projects wise you've got that are could be the the main field or any other fields? What what's kind of the something that's getting ready to happen? that change wise. Well, it's kind of it's common in. And probably college football yeah. and college sports. We're about to um, rip up and resod field one and a good chunk of field two in our practice fields. We got okay. three practice fields, yeah. three and a quarter practice fields outdoor. Um, they're 419 right now, yeah. but we're going to go with latitude okay. on those fields. Really excited to see how that's going to perform. I think it's also going to help the team out. They're going to kind of be practicing on the same type of grass that they will play on here but not even here uh, there's a bunch of schools in the sec that have latitude mm-hmm. now i think mississippi state tennessee um I, I believe texas a&m so there's a good number of schools that have the latitude that yeah. that you would play on so i think it's going to benefit them to practice what they're playing on and and for us what we see is just how aggressive it is it will help grow and maybe make the fields even better whenever they yeah. spring practice because we, we don't oversee those any of those practice fields either. Yeah, so that's the, good. So the 419, in my opinion, is a, a month behind what this latitude is and growth-wise and everything like that. So it'll be nice to yeah. have them a little greener yeah. in the springtime field. What needs upgraded out here? Oh, I got I got my own list, but I don't think <laughs> uh, people people above me wouldn't necessarily agree agree with it. We're we're pushing for some some different things. I'd like yeah. to see um, Brian Denny get get renovated. So we're kind of getting some background leg work stuff. Yeah, hopefully going and running on it. I know you showed me some. You, know, you may not want to go into too much detail, but you've had some stuff 
some infrastructure stuff's been around for a while. You yep. know, drainage, you know, systems and things like that, irrigation maybe. But you know, that those are type those are things that just have a lifespan that you do have to repair from time to time. Yeah, and I, I think it's getting getting close to yeah. a time where we need to do that. So we got that kind of in the works, and then we got um, starting in about two weeks a uh, soccer irrigation project. We yeah. that um, our soccer field is still currently hydraulic, and so is our softball. Yeah. Um, so for anybody that works on hydraulic irrigation, you know how much <laughs> how much fun it can be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're actually going to put in a, a, a you know more modern system out there. Yeah. I'm uh, really excited about that. That um, this is going to help the girls' soccer field even even more, and going to make my life a little a little easier. Yeah, um, which will also improve the the turf you know quality. Sure, out there. So, and hopefully, hopefully in the near future, people softball un- will be getting hydraulic that. gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's uh, it's. I don't think us as managers underestimate it, but it's hard to get people sold on how important irrigation is it's i, I think massive. the biggest thing is most most people spend money on like cool stuff that they can see like the tvs yep, and the, you know, the locker rooms and yep. you know, all the cool stuff but gravel and sand and drainage underneath the ground that nobody yep. will ever see which is zero coolness to most people yep they kind of are a little more hesitant to spend the, <laughs> the money on where to me i'm like man that's that's the cool stuff yeah <laughs> that's the stuff that makes everything better yep um so i i get it and that's kind of the the challenge is selling telling people hey that we, we need this yeah. um so we're we, we're working on it hopefully in the very near future sure we can be getting getting that done I, I don't see us going away from latitude. I think we're kind of happy with that. Yeah, that grass variety grass. This is a good grass. It, it's nice for our environment. Our yeah. kind of our. Where do you source it out of? Uh, it comes out of Atlanta. Okay. Um, Precision Turf Farms. Okay. Yeah. Um, they grow up for us, and we get um, all the sod we get is two inch thick, ready to ready to play sod. I mean, it's. Does it come in on big roll or slabs? Big roll. Yeah. Um, just because. Damn, those big rolls are massive. Mm-hmm. I imagine. Because for us, I mean, we, I mean, we sodded a spot in baseball, and they played a game on it the next day. Yeah. So we have to get the thick sod just that way. It's it's able to be played on yeah. almost as soon as it's down on the ground, which I spend the rest of my time punching through and trying to get the roots. You know, their whole life they've been in that two inches and yeah. been happy and getting everything they need. Well, I need them to start going south. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the biggest trick with siding is is matching it up because unless you're matching it root zone to root zone, they just don't want to they don't want to jail. They just yeah. will sit there in that whatever sod they come in and getting it to get past that. You've got to really do some work to it. Yeah, you got that's the most aggressive time. I feel yeah. like you need to be as yeah. soon as it hits the ground. And uh, no, we don't baby the sod as soon as it hits the ground either. It, it's getting mowed the next day. It's well, as it's, thick as it is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's time to get to work. You're yeah. you're in your spot. Get to work and start growing. <laughs> yeah. What is the uh, challenge with TV and the the headaches that go on with that? Uh, just getting them on you know on the field. They I mean, need. I know you. They've done it, so it's probably it's pretty easy here just yeah. because we're televised so much. Everybody's yeah. kind of you kind of get to know the guys when they yeah. come in. If it's CBS, ESPN, whoever it is, you kind of start to get to know the Skycam guys and all that. Right. And, um. You know, the trickiest part is if you got somebody new or something, they don't necessarily think, hey, there's wet paint out there, even though they see us painting. Right. You know, advocating to them. Or um, 
you know, the pylon cam guys might show up and, you know, you got a trench, a spot for them to bury some wire and just helping them out as they need and just telling them, hey, these spots are wet. Can you avoid these spots? And just another group of 10, 15 people on the field that could potentially be in my way right? where I've got to do what I have to do. And just like, I mean, you kind of see how the stadium is like a little mini city. I mean, there's food and beverage getting ready, getting their stuff ready. There's cleaning crews, getting, making sure everything. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. It's not just me uninterrupted, able to I do my job. I can tell you some funny stories about working professional golf tournaments where man those people do not care what you're doing they just want to get done what they're doing and they'll be in your way they'll do something crazy drive in the wrong spot no matter how much you tell them i mean our instructions are basically let you drive where you need to go let them stay on the path you know mm-hmm. even you know so if they're coming at you you know they'll they'll drive into the wet spot you just kind of pull over let them go by because they won't they don't know i mean mm-hmm. it's it's crazy and it's the same for you know and in, in all golf tournaments are televised and they've got cameras on every hole multiple holes and you know it's, it's i'm sure it's the headaches are are similar they are but look at a golf course show to me blind spots like you do in the stadium you hear the horns go off a whole lot and, <laughs> yeah um the tricky part is to get some people are used to they're not being people in the stadium they might be going a little faster than they need to and not yeah. honk a horn around a corner and, that would i'm sure there's that's created some uh, unique stuff it, it, it can be and yeah. And two, who's who's? I might have something I got to do on the field, but I might ne- not necessarily be able to get out onto the field at that point in time. Yeah. I mean, they could be delivering fifteen hundred hot dog buns right here in this tunnel that I got to get. You never know. It's, yeah. There's enough challenges that can arise throughout the day, but you just have to be able to to kind of go with the flow. And yeah. uh, you know, at the same time, those people have you know to them that's their important task is getting yeah. that done and just like i have an important task that has to get done so you kind of gotta jive with everybody yep (laughs) well a couple of things before we go because i know we've got other stuff to do and we may circle back and do some more of this but uh one silly question and then one i want to ask about your what you do outside of work but milo's or whataburger Whataburger. Oh, I'm a Milo's guy. Okay. Which Why I know we took you there for your Went first to Milo's time today. For the first time today. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad we were. Yep. The sauce, man. I just, I like When they I asked like me the, the sauce. sauces, I didn't know. I didn't, I, I was looking at the, and I finally, I heard you say the original. So, mm-hmm. Milo's sauce. Yeah, Milo's sauce. So, I just like the, the, the burger and, yeah, the, good. and the sauce and the yeah. fries. And, and I just, I, I got, no, I'm not saying Whataburger is bad. I'll, I'll go there. Now, the is best Milo's of more of an Alabama-based deal? Yes, than, I, I think so. Whataburger's out of Texas or something. Yeah, Milo's is out of Alabama. Okay. And um, I don't know if there's any outside the state. I don't I don't know my Milo's knowledge. I just know I like eating there. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, it was certainly good. It was a lot of people. I think today was like give a burger away day or something. I don't know. There was a ton of people there, but uh, enjoyed going there and um we said, we, what was the place we were going to go to? Freddy's or something? That's yeah, Freddy's. ice cream place. Yeah, well, yeah. they got burgers and oh, yeah, they got like little steak fries, little small yeah. fries. Those are good. We'll have to check those out yeah. maybe tomorrow. Yeah, we'll venture there tomorrow. So what are you, what out, when you're not working, what in the heck are you doing? I know you got a uh, little, little one uh, yeah. at home. I got a two-year-old yeah. and, and, my, and my wife. We I like spending time with them. Yeah. Um, or I like to... Um, Go up to the lake. It's my relaxed time. Yeah. Uh, father-in-law has a place uh, about an hour from our house, and it's just a far enough drive away where you can kind of sure. 
turn off work and kick back and relax yeah. and just have a good good time. I like to do that. And then I, I like to hunt whenever I can, which is not that often <laughs> with a two-year-old and working this schedule. I think in the last two years, I've gone one time. Yeah. Um, what do you like? What what hunting do you like to do? Uh, just deer. Deer hunting. Yeah. Um, it's it's fun to me. It's I'm sitting quietly outside, which I like outside. And yeah, um, you can, you've heard all the noises that I quiet. hear throughout a day. Quiet you be, is you begin to appreciate quiet is, when you have a two year old <laughs> and you got all this going on. Man, I can I can certainly appreciate that. I like that, and I, I still enjoy playing golf. Yeah, um, not any good, but <laughs> I do enjoy going out and playing. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that, but um, yeah, I mean. You know, we spend a lot of time working, and we're workaholics, and you strike me as one that would rather be here than just about anywhere outside of home. So I just was curious as to sort of some of the things that you do when um, you're not here, because you seem to be here a lot. Yeah, like being at home is my favorite place. Um, What's your day off usually, typically? Is that Sunday? uh, Sunday is usually a typical day off, or actually during... um, Kind of during baseball season, I I work most Sundays and have Saturdays off. Yeah, uh, my wife owns a salon, so her busiest day sure. cutting hair and coloring hair is on Saturdays. Yeah. So I usually have off and hang out with little man. Sure, um, get into whatever we can get in. Yep, too, and kind of get the whole day with him. And then Sunday, she kind of has has him while I work. But Sundays are usually kind of come in, get the fields ready for games, and get out. Unless cool. it's now during football season, obviously, if we got a home game on a Saturday, I'm <laughs> I'm here, yeah. And that's usually Sundays are usually our typical day right. off there. Now we'll also, you know, John and I will talk, and and even other people of our crew, you know, like, hey, I, hey, man, I, I got something going on. I need, you know, Wednesday on. They're off. There's no games or anything. Or yeah. every now and then, just be like, hey, man, I need a mental day. <laughs> I need I need a <laughs> I day just to that. clear my head, and yeah. you know, we can all respect each other and. And two, I think whenever you're in the heat of the season, you got to be honest with each other too. Like, hey, I'm, I'm my brain's fried. I, I, I need a, I need a day. Yeah, I can, I can see how that would be. Yeah, and which we kind of, you know, we we're good about if there's nothing going on. Yeah, you know, letting that or taking a half day or something yeah. like that. But the, you know, the grass is always growing. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, wrap this up i know we got uh, some more prep to do we're going to watch some baseball and softball night but uh you on social media anywhere where anybody can follow you or check you out and want to reach out to you you want to give that out i am i'm on twitter just at drew char candy uh, i kind of use that for my work you know yeah. tweet out work stuff and all sure. that and i kind of use my facebook for personal and family and all that, that. Yep. Um, so that's where you can can yep. find me on there and see some behind the scene pictures of kind of what we do I'm, I'm not the best poster i don't post a a whole lot yeah. and, uh, some people kind of give me give me you know stuff about that but yeah. usually whenever i do post i get a bunch of bunch of likes because everybody i think everybody's interested in what 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 we do sure. and what does go on behind the scenes i just get caught up in them i think the whole time you've been here i think i've taken like one picture <laughs> Well, I got plenty, so if you need some, I got you in the action, and I've got a lot of stuff, and it, you know, I, I, I'm careful about everything that I post, because I don't want everybody seeing it, but you know, just I, some of the cool stuff. I think I just focus more on like the task at hand. Now, yeah. my, my favorite time to take a picture is kind of like what you and I were just talking about before we started this, is Friday night, the field, I mean, Friday afternoon, everything on that field's done, yeah. and you can kind of sit back. Really take it all in and yep. enjoy it because you don't have the stress or the overhang of, 
I got to get this done or this still has to get done. You can, it's all done. You can just look out there and kind of take, you know, five, 10 minutes, enjoy your, you know, enjoy it, you know, give yourself a little pat on the back and then, you know, and then we're off to baseball to go. Sure. <laughs> work work well, I kind of felt that from you when you walked out there. When I was standing out there, you know, it was just like taking it all in. It's kind of, okay, here we are now. That's that's my favorite moment. Breathe and, and then, then kind of back to back to what do we got to do now? So Yeah, I do. I, th- I think everybody needs to at least give yourself five minutes to just, yeah. I'm done. It looks yeah. it looks good. We're, we're there. This is, this, is, this is what I got into this field of work to do is for moments like that absolutely and then i mean we all we're all golf course guys and us guys man there's always my to-do list is too long for me to get done (laughs) done nobody ever gets their to-do list done so just just taking the moments five minutes to soak it in and enjoy where you're at i think that i think more people need to do that yep and i've kind of had to force myself to do that but i'm really glad whenever i do yeah well, I'll say uh, from my perspective, you've opened the doors to me, man. If anybody wants to reach out to you, I know you'll be welcome to uh, talk to them, give them some advice, you know, even share some things. So that's been very cool. And I I have thoroughly appreciated the opportunity, and I'm looking forward to the next couple of days to absolutely get after it. And we've got more fun to do. Oh, we do. We hadn't, the game hadn't even – it's still a day we away from the Auburn game. Auburn tonight. Auburn, Alabama baseball. Yep. Game two. Yep. And we won in extra innings last night. So. That's right. That's right. So I don't know when this will come out so people will be listening to it. It'll probably be after the spring game, sometime next week or whatever. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, Drew, man, uh, this has been a blast. Appreciate you sitting down with me and, and uh, chatting about some things here at Alabama. And uh, hopefully we'll sit down again soon. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Glad you're here. I appreciate it. Well, until next time, that's it. Uh, Drew uh, with the University of Alabama. Reach out to him if you need anything. Roll Tide is what we'd like to say. I never end a podcast that way. I'll probably lose every follower after that, but that's fine. I think they quit listening uh, after they, I said Roll Tide at the beginning. Probably, they probably did. But anyways, hey, guys, thanks for listening. Be sure to rate, share, subscribe. Uh, check us out uh, anywhere. Where I'm available all any any place you can find podcasts also my other podcast keeping it real with my buddy john uh, we're doing some cool things over there so until next time that's the uh, episode and i will talk to you soon <laughs>